We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We've got a couple of fun sponsors we're going to tell you about later as well. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffen. I am coming to you today alongside Justin. Howdy, fella. Always a pleasure to be oh. on here with you. Oh, well, it's, I mean, it's not like you're a co-host of this podcast or anything, so uh, get used to it, buddy. <laughs> we also have special guest joining us tonight, good friend. And the uh, beat writer of DailyThunder.com, you probably already follow him on Twitter, Brandon Rabar. Brandon, how's it going, man? Good, man. Uh, I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm excited to be on this show. I'm excited to do some, some drafting. Try yeah. To, try to make up for some, some really bad errors on GM's part. So it's going to be a fun show. <laughs> so what you're saying is Anthony Bennett might not go number one? I mean, I do have the number one pick. I mean, I could throw a curveball. He's still, I mean, he's still got those raw tools. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. yeah. I, hey, I'm just saying, <laughs> Michael Carter Williams, rookie of the year, all right? That's yeah. true. There's got a lot of question marks in this here draft. <laughs> oh, man. It's uh, 
This is a fun one. So before we dive into our redraft, guys, uh, a couple of just little newsy things I figured we'd lead off the show with. Although no Woj bombs or anything recently, it just seems more and more that we are trending towards a return to basketball this summer. Now even California and New York governors yeah. are talking about that's big wanting to get sports back without fans. Uh, California is very surprising. Mm-hmm. Very like that. That was a a big role reversal for them. Uh, but some NBA news: Boyan Bogdanovich of the Utah Jazz. Out for the rest of the season, which is kind of funny to me. Like, why didn't he have this wrist surgery two months ago? Dude, that was my first thought when I saw this news. Is like the timing on it is so strange. Like, did he I just guess, wake up and he's like, screw it, dude, time. Let's, <laughs> right, like, let's, let's do it. He must have hit the point where it's just like, yeah, whatever. It's not worth it anymore. And yeah. reached the point of no return and I guess decided to have surgery. But yeah, like, why not do that, you know, two months ago? Exactly. So Boyan Bogdanovich out for the season with wrist surgery. Brandon, will you tell us kind of what your thoughts were on a Thunder Jazz series before this news and then how this news maybe shifts your thoughts a little bit? Yeah. First of all, I want to give you props for, uh, first of all, you said my name correctly and you said Boydon's name correctly. That's that's <laughs> like you're like batting a thousand right now. Those are hey, two toughies that you nailed. I'm just right telling away. you, man, I'm highly educated. All right. <laughs> Um, so before the series, uh, before, uh, do you guys news- want me to try to pronounce Giannis Antetokounmpo later on? Ooh, <laughs> yeah. You see that? I, bang, I, bang, I bang, 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 uh, I will say that was my first thought when I saw I had the number one pick. I was like, crap, I'm just going to call him the Greek <laughs> Gotta freak. Gotta look that up. If I, if I take him, if I take him. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so before the news of the injury came, I thought that these two teams were really evenly matched. I mean, obviously, they were four and five and had the Thunder play the Jazz that, infamous night that COVID-19 struck Oklahoma City, I uh, I feel like the Thunder would have um, passed them for the four seed. Yep. But, but I mean, it's it's pretty close as it was, but I would have slightly favored the Thunder. I think it's a good matchup for the Thunder, and I think the playoff experience between Chris Paul and, and you know, Gallo only has a little bit of experience, but he's a vet. And then Steven Adams and all those guys. I just felt like the ceiling is a little bit higher when the Thunder are playing at their best and when the Jazz are playing at their best. And now that that he's out, I, I definitely favor the Thunder. Where I thought it was a toss-up where I'd, I'd be like 51% Thunder, 49% Jazz. But now I'd say I'd give it like, I mean, I don't want to sound crazy, but I'm leaning like 65% chance that the Thunder win and 35% Jazz. I, I, he makes a huge impact for that Jazz team. That's huge. 20 points a game, man. Yeah. yeah. You, don't, like, you don't replace that easily. No, and, and the spacing, the shooting that he provides for, for Gobert and for Donovan Mitchell, I mean, it's it, it was their huge pickup for them in, in the last offseason. That's that's a big blow for those guys. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I think, I think it's massive, and I, I immediately started thinking about, and this is probably putting the cart before the horse, but started thinking about the narratives of everything if the Thunder were to win that playoff series around Russ versus CP3 and how, you know, the Thunder couldn't get out of the first round with Russell, but now with CP3 they do, you know, getting revenge against the Jazz after Russell and Paul George had their failures and just all of those, like, the takes are going to fly if that happens on Twitter.com. It's going to be uh, a sight to behold. Oh, yeah, and what, I mean, 
God, imagine the Thunder winning that series and then Houston losing to Denver in the first Dude. round. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly don't want it to happen. As somebody who still, you know, fully supports Russ uh, and wants, you know, success for him, and obviously the Thunder first, uh, will always choose uh, the Thunder over Russ. But I do want to I, – I, I just would hate it for him. You yeah. know, that would yeah. be like the worst timeline as far as right. Russ goes for the Thunder to move on without him and to the second round and then – for him to, to lose still in the first round, gosh, it would be brutal. The, brutal. the Twitter takes would just be unbearable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and but to his defense, maybe Houston is maybe the team that, that possibly could benefit from this layoff the most. Yeah. I mean, they were already That's getting gassed with, with small ball, pocket rocket basketball. And now to get all those guys rested and healthy, I mean, they got a lot of older guys on their team. Yep. So to get them ready to go is makes a bit of sense. So. And maybe some time off. Maybe uh, PJ Tucker will grow a few inches. You know, maybe there you go. We can a, hope a thirty-five-year-old growth spurt. You know, out of nowhere, <laughs> give him a better center. And <laughs> I'm just saying, like they'd be playing the the Nuggets. And I'm just yeah. saying, if we had to bet money on who comes back out of quarantine to the NBA fat, it's Nikola Jokic. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. yeah that dude has been slamming beers and Swiss rolls this entire time. I guarantee it. I'm envious, honestly. That's a great point. And if we're going to choose somebody who's going to kind of come back more ripped and cut more than ever, it's going to be Russell Westbrook. Have you seen his Instagram workout videos? Yeah, he's he's in, he's intense, man. Even during <laughs> even during shutdown. Man. Never turns it off. He look, Dude, the way he was working out in those Insta videos, he looked like he could have gone around two or three as a cornerback. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I mean, I remember Bob Stoops back in the day uh, saying that he thought that Russ could step onto a, a football field and become a starting, stronger free safety day one. I, I mean, believe it. Yeah, yeah. he's a yeah. uh, he's a freak, man. He's. Uh, I wish I, I had that body. I'll say this though: I want la- <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be interpreted. Wait, go next. on. I yeah. wish my body looked like that uh, body, not like I want it. to like hold his body or something well i mean to each i mean if if the opportunity came up i mean can (laughs) you you turn it down i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well uh, i will say this though about the uh the jazz thunder series if and when it happens you know as far as russ goes that was kind of like the worst matchup for the thunder and for russ because of gobert and how he just cuts off that lane yep um, you know, it's a lot different now playing against Chris Paul and and somebody that can shoot from the outside. It's just it's just a different set. It doesn't necessarily mean that this team is better or worse than those uh, the Russ Paul George team that lost to the Jazz. It's just set up differently. You know, to combat Gobert, you want a team that can shoot. This team can shoot from the outside a little bit better. Definitely, this team is like one of the best mid range shooting teams in the league, and that's the one thing the Utah Jazz give up is mid range. Yep. You, you know, know Kurt- Twitter doesn't accept nuance. <laughs> <laughs> we don't true. get to have these kind of subtle discussions about yeah. matchups. Yeah, also, yeah, Twitter will say Russ trash. I mean, right, that's yeah. pretty much the debate. <laughs> Hold your L. Yeah. Um, also, watching the last dance and watching Jordan go up against the Utah Jazz, and after everything we've kind of heard, nothing against Jazz fans, but there's been some negative things with Jazz fans, especially with the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just yeah. kind of lines up, you know. Yep. I mean, just, you know, the, the storylines story were rich between, you know, what the series a couple years ago where the upstart Jazz upset the Russ PG team and then with the whole 
COVID-19 thing going down, basically the epicenter of coronavirus mm. in the NBA was, was Oklahoma City, Utah Jazz. And then, yeah, I mean, there the, the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert drama. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, poisoning MJ's pizza. Everybody's going to be rooting for the Thunder over the Jazz, basically. <laughs> I like it. Oh, man. Maybe my favorite line in the whole Last Dance documentary was, I ate the whole pizza by myself. <laughs> that was the only time in the whole documentary that I said to myself, hey, MJ did that. I can do that. <laughs> I'm like MJ. Oh, it's good stuff, man. All right, guys. Well, let's dive into this redraft. So this week we are doing 2013. Um, just to let our listeners know, to kind of get their their mind around which draft this was, because I know you throw out a year in a draft. I kind of forget which year is which. So this is the draft that Anthony Bennett went number one overall. Yikes. Uh, the Thunder were in the lottery and took Steven Adams. Uh, this is the Giannis Antetokounmpo draft, the Victor Oladipo draft. Uh, so, so hopefully that rings rings your your memory a little bit of what this draft was. Just like every other draft redraft that we've done, trades happen on draft night. We are erasing those and we're going back to the original draft order. So two trades happened that night in the lottery. Uh, New Orleans traded pick number six to Philly for Drew Holiday. Pick number six became New Orleans Noel. Uh, pretty good trade for New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And then the Timberwolves got pick 14 and 21 for Utah's pick number nine. Utah's pick nine was Trey Burke. Um, and then 14 was Shabazz Napier, and I forget who 21 was. Uh, but so a, a couple of trades that affected the lottery that night. We are going to forego those and act like they never happened uh, and that we're back at, at draft day. And so if, if we want to make trades tonight, we can. Uh, but typically, we've just gone straight through 1 through 14. With that being said, our draft order tonight, uh, guest always goes first. So Brandon gets the first overall pick. I will go second, and Justin will go third. Our draft order, Cleveland has the first pick, Orlando second. The Wizards are third. Charlotte is fourth. Phoenix is fifth. New Orleans sixth. Sacramento seven. Detroit eight. Minnesota nine. Portland ten. Philly 11, the Thunder at 12, Mavericks at 13, and the Jazz at 14. A lot of familiar faces here, Justin. <laughs> Phoenix and Sacramento have been literally in every redraft we've done. It's 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 incredible. Uh, when anyone, you can't climb out of the basement. Right. I mean, it just goes to show, I think, how much talent evaluation is what makes a winning franchise. And if you don't have it, then you're going to you're gonna be seeing a lot of ping pong balls. <laughs> so true. So true. All right. Well, with all that being said, let's get underway. On the clock, the Cleveland Cavaliers and general manager Brandon is making the selection. Well, my best players right now are uh, my superstar is a rookie we got this year named Dion Waiters. Man, that kid... <laughs> is going to wreck this league in the future. I'm calling that right now. Uh, I also got some guy named Kyrie Irving. I don't know. He's kind of uh, been divided in the locker room. He's he's floated some weird theories that are going to come out here in a few years that you'll hear about. Uh, but uh, I, I think I want to I think I want to forward a big guy. Give me a give me that guy from Greece. I like his arms. He's got some serious wingspan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you ready to make a pick? 
Yeah, I, th I think so. I've, I've been looking. I, I... With the first pick in the uh, 2013 NBA draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select the Greek Freak. No pronunciation. No dude. pronunciation. I'm so scared. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Jacobs knocked it out of the park. I I have been on so many different podcasts where where Giannis has come up, and I only ever refer to him as Giannis or the Greek Freak. I will never ever try to. I've avoided his name probably like 200 times in conversation now. You could pull a uh, Stacy King that one game where he called him Giannis on Tenta Harumbo. <laughs> that was one of my favorite calls That's of all so time. Good. This pick, obviously, this is the right pick. Giannis yep. is maybe next year the best player in the league. I think you could still argue LeBron right now. But the ripples effect, the ripples effect, the ripple effect, there we go, not plural, just singular, ripple effect of this pick. If Giannis develops quickly in Cleveland, does LeBron ever decide to come back? Yeah. That's... Right? Does Giannis become Giannis in Cleveland uh, and not in maybe a, a organization that's better at developing talent like Milwaukee? Um, it's uh, there, There's so many ripple effects here that it's really fascinating. You know, what, what would have happened is LeBron would have come back and, and told uh, Cavs GM, me actually, he would have told me <laughs> to ship off this rookie – Greek kid for for J.R. Smith. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> and that's something that's not talked about much in the uh, goat debate. You know, people talk yeah. about MJ not being a great uh, teammate, but LeBron will ship off half of his squad for for some of his buddies. Uh, so yeah, it, it may be may have worked out better for uh, Giannis that he wasn't chosen. That so, is uh, a great point that I didn't consider. Yeah, but Giannis could have ended happen. up in the at the Knicks and really never became anything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> if it doesn't happen, and you imagine a scenario where LeBron does come back, and the Kevin Love trade still goes through, that's a lot of a lot of ifs. But LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin Love, Giannis, like, whoo, yeah. that team, that team would have been uh, formidable to yeah. say the least. Yeah, that's true. Golly, they, that's right. Would have been uh, would have been a lot of fun. All right, well, let's move on. The second pick in the draft owned by the Orlando Magic. I will be making this selection. And looking back at our team at the end of the year, we need some help. We, we have some interesting players. We have uh, we played Glenn Big Baby Davis at some power forward this year, so I don't know what the hell we were thinking there. <laughs> um, we have Nikola Vucevic, Jameer Nelson, Etwan Moore, uh, Aaron Aflalo. We have some talent. Uh, Hito Turgaloo still in the league, still playing with us. He averaged a whole three points a game last season. We feel like we need help on the wing, though. And looking at this draft class, there's some guys that interest us. Um, but again, we, we feel like wings run the league. And, and the league is going to start trending to being a wing-heavy, perimeter-heavy, ball-handling-heavy team. Or those the teams that have those players are, are the teams that are good. We look at Oklahoma City a lot and how they took a raw athlete in Russell Westbrook and turned him into a superstar. So I think we're going to try to do the same. With the second overall pick in the draft, the Orlando Magic will select Victor Oladipo. Ooh, nice. I like that choice. 
I like that a lot. I guess I bet you guys never never considered what Victor Oladipo would look like in Orlando, huh? I I'm gonna <laughs> Photoshop it tonight just to get a picture. <laughs> you know what's funny about that pick is you know it seemed like a terrible pick. You know, not a, I shouldn't say a terrible pick, but he looked like he was kind of busting for his draft you know position, mm-hmm. and then he ended up just becoming a star. All he all he had to do was play with Russ, and he learned how to become yeah. a superstar. And I don't know if you two remember this, but there was a lot of talk on draft night and the night before draft night that the Thunder were trying to trade up in this draft to get to one or two uh, with Victor Oladipo on their radar, you know, and and Presti finally ended up getting him, what, three, four years later. Yep. But but they they were trying to get Victor Oladipo way back then. I wanted that to happen so bad. I remember, like, holding out hope that I would get a, a Woj bomb at some point all the way up to the second pick actually being picked that the, th- the thunder were going to pull off a trade um, to get Oladipo. Cause I, I just loved his athleticism. I love everything that he gained from playing with Russ. You know, it was all those tools were there. The athleticism was there. It, he needed a mentor to kind of bring some of that out. And so the question remains and something we've talked about on a lot of these redrafts, does that still happen? Uh, if things go differently, if he stays in Orlando, does he become the Oladipo that we know that he could be? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And if he goes to, to Oklahoma City that night, yeah, does he become the Oladipo we know now a lot sooner and right. develop even more? And if he does, does Kevin Durant stay? I mean, I mean, you know, there's so many different. Yeah. You know, yeah. if if he does become that guy that he that he became in Oklahoma City and Indiana. You know, all of a sudden you got a team with with Katie Russ and and Oladipo, and you know that doesn't look so bad maybe to right. to Katie. Not that Stephen Adams was bad; he was great. But I mean, you know, it it could have changed a lot. I'm, I'm with you though, uh, Justin. I wanted Oladipo badly. I studied mm-hmm. this draft pretty pretty hardcore because I was trying my best to justify the James Harden trade. I was like, okay, there's some really good players <laughs> in this draft, and if we can get Oladipo or Ben McLemore. Then you know we can you know whatever right. it didn't happen of course but uh yeah uh, Oladipo uh, he was a stud man coming out of college he, he looked great definitely instead instead the Thunder drafted uh, Stephen Adams and got the LOL tweet from James Harden yeah, yeah. quickly I deleted that. <laughs> but you know staying at number twelve he did about as you know I say yeah. that but he could have taken a couple other guys that you know. Uh, ended up being better, but you know, <laughs> relatively for for where he picked Stephen yep. Adams, it was a it was a great choice, even if some guys after him were better. Yep. Uh, and then and the final thing I'll say about uh, Oladipo is, um, had had we known what a skilled singer he was, like would that have bumped him up? Like would Ooh. Cleveland taking him number one? I mean, there that you might go. Have been the Who knows? I mean, that, it's the that, it's the intangibles that really yeah. make a championship team. It really you know? is, man. Who knows? All right. Well, Justin, you are on the clock now selecting for the Washington Wizards. So over here in Washington, we are coming off a season, the great rookie season from Bradley Beal, who we drafted last year. Really like what we've seen out of him. I think him and, and John Wall in the backcourt are going to give us a really dynamic duo. I think uh, I foresee a lot of a lot of strong years from the Wizards uh, on that front. What I think we need the most is a stronger inside presence. Um, we've got Nene 
and we have Okafor, uh, but they're aging. Uh, I think we need to look towards the future. Somebody who aligns more with John Wall and Bradley Beal's uh, timetable. Somebody who can uh, be an interior threat, but also complement those guys. Uh, help help space the floor, complement the skill sets of Bradley Beal and John Wall. And I think we've got our eye on somebody who most people might not expect, but I think will uh, help us in a big way. With the third pick in the 2013 NBA draft, the Washington Wizards select Rudy Gobert. So Rudy Gobert, I mean, he's a three-time all-defensive first-teamer. He's got two Defensive Player of the Year awards. He's just, he's a defensive monster. But also, um, I think he's, he's somewhat underrated as a offensive scorer, given that he's not a stretch center. I think so much value is put on versatility of, of centers that can shoot and can really stretch the floor in that way, and he can't do that. But I think what he can do in the paint is so strong that it makes up for it. And I think just thinking about him with John Wall and Bradley Beal, uh, the pick and rolls that would be had would be unbelievable. Um, maybe even more so than they have been in Utah. I think that Beal and Wall and Gobert would absolutely uh, be a show and be a treat to watch out in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and you know he doesn't space the floor out to the three-point line, but he does space it vertically. And I think he's right. he's a good offensive player in the sense that he's a play finisher. He's not going to create his own offense. You probably don't want Rudy Gobert posting up and making moves. But like you said, as a pick-and-roll player, uh, as a guy like a lob threat, with two elite ball handlers slash shooters and Beal and Wall, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty formidable team. It's a pretty formidable three. Well, if you compare it to who Beal and Wall have had, you know, I mentioned Okafor and Nene, but they've also had Gortat and um, Mahinmi and Marcus Morris, I guess, if you want to throw him in there. But it's it's not the same type of center. And so I, I don't know that they've uh, – what I like about Gobert is how he can complement those two. And I think that he would bring a skill set to that team that they, they really haven't had. That pairing in the backcourt has not had someone like that. I'm just – I'm just going to warn you, though, as as a GM who's taken Rudy Gobert, you know, maybe just a few years down the road, just keep him away from from microphones, uh, <laughs> if at all possible, from microphones and from from voice recorders and <laughs> recorders. That's smart. Yeah, yeah. It's I think just, I'll just take a that hunch. advice. Yeah, it's just okay. a, just a hunch I have about the guy. He's a little <laughs> maybe hand- take his temperature a lot. Yeah, take his temperature a lot. He's real handsy. Uh, yeah, make sure he's not running with a fever every time you go to practice. Keep him away from other players as much as possible. And also keep him away from tables. I've, I, and as I've read in Scott Report, dude's got a real attitude against tables. That's good. I'll, I'll take that all down. Yeah. This is good info. I've got uh, a full Scott Report on him, man. Good stuff. <laughs> all right, the Charlotte. Are they the Hornets at this point, or are they still the Bobcats? I think they're Bobcats. still the Bobcats. Yep. The Charlotte Bobcats are on the clock. Brandon is making this selection. I got to be honest. Um, the, the The team name needs a needs a overhaul. the The team roster needs an overhaul. <laughs> Everything about my squad. I'll be honest. I'm surprised I even still have a job after uh, looking at my roster from last year. Uh, I do have this kid named Kimball Walker, though, I'm pretty excited about. Uh, I think he's going to be legit. Uh, 
Bismarck Biombo, uh, he's got potential. Uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, he was a rookie this past season, and uh, he can play some defense. And I'm excited about this uh, guy got a uh, Thunder cast off named Byron Mullins. So I think we're set at center because I think that kid's going to be legit. <laughs> so he looks the part. He looks yeah. the part. So as tempting as as a center from New Zealand would be for me, really considered it. I, I think I'm going to go a different direction because I'm set with uh, Byron Mullins. I think I need some shooting and some scoring. With the fourth pick in the 2013 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Bobcats select C.J. McCollum. It's a, it's good, a good pick. pick. Thank God, you. dang it. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> I was going to take C.J. with my next pick. That's a, that's a good pick. It makes a lot of sense. You get a running mate next to Kemba. Uh, C.J. and Kemba next to each other probably look very similar mm-hmm. to C.J. and Dane running next to each other. Yeah, good call. That's I think true. what's great about C.J. is you look back and it's his consistency. You know, we talked about Oladipo and the variables that have kind of shaped his career, the ups and downs and kind of the transformation that he took. CJ, I mean, he's been pretty reliable throughout his entire career so far. So if you want somebody that you can count on to be good and like really good, uh, I think CJ is a great pick. Yeah, I'm excited about him. I mean, like he's, uh, you know, he uh, he's a guy that you do kind of wonder, you know, he's he's been Dame's running mate this whole time. How would he operate as a number three guy? Like, like I think he could be like an elite level type three, you know, a third option. And then as a number one guy, you wonder like, you know, the times that Dame has been out, he's he's been pretty solid, but obviously he'd be lower tier. I think that, that a solid two on a playoff team is kind of like, you know, his, his perfect spot. I, th- yeah. I think he's kind of in the perfect spot right now uh, in Portland. But, you know, like you said, would be much the same, I think, in Charlotte with Kimba. I think it's the perfect role for him. Yep. I'm with you. I like that one a lot. Um, all right, let's move on. The Phoenix Suns at pick number five. I will be making this selection. We ended the season with Goran Dragic, uh, Jared Dudley, P.J. Tucker, Luis Scola. He's still in the league. Uh, Marcin Gortat and Jermaine O'Neal were our center rotation. Fantastic. We do have the Morris twins. We have Malik, or not, why did I say Malik Beasley? Not Malik Beasley, Michael Beasley. Um, so so we've got some interesting players. We've been looking at center here. Uh, a guy named Alex Len, who in an alternate reality, we will take number one, or with with our, not with number one, but with our first round pick. Um, we could use help kind of on the wing or at center and evaluating our team and our needs and kind of who's left on the board, I think we're ready to make our decision. With the fifth pick in the draft, the Phoenix Suns will select Steven Adams. Boo. <laughs> Man. I know. That's who I was going to take next to. Oh, yeah. It makes sense, though. It's the perfect pick. Yeah, it's in it. reality, they took Alex Len right. with oh, this pick. It's exactly Jeez. what I was going to say. It's an infinite upgrade over Alex Len. Though, yeah. if I transport back to 2013, I remember being high on Alex Len. So same, same, <laughs> dude. I was high on like the top 12 pick. Like I thought, like every one of those top 10 guys was going to be a star. Yep. I, I have, 
I talked myself into each one of them in case the thunder got any of them. <laughs> Covered all your bases. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So before we move on, guys, quick aside that I wanted to share, and I know I've shared it on the podcast before, but some of you might have not heard it. I don't know if I've told Brandon this story or not before, but years ago, I think it was the season right before KD left. It was that, that final season. The Thunder Blue-White scrimmage that took place before the season started happened down at Newcastle High School. And I actually won tickets to go watch the, the Blue-White scrimmage. And part of winning those tickets, they I think like 50 people won tickets. We got to go to uh, an hour-long Q&A session with Sam Presti kind of before uh, the, the game started, before the, the scrimmage started. And someone asked him about him picking Steven Adams in the draft and Presty, he, he was kind of cutting loose a little bit. And Presty said that, what was it? He said, quote, when we were on the clock, there were two players on our board and we chose Steven Adams. But if we would have went with the other guy, we would have been just as happy. And then he said, and now looking back at that draft, we would have been just fine. And so uh, I've always wondered, my, my question immediately, I raised, rose my hand and asked him, who was the other guy? <laughs> right. And yeah. Percy was like, I'm not telling you that. <laughs> I've always wondered who that other guy was. And I, to me, I think it has to be Rudy Gobert. I think it was. because I mean, if you look at what the Thunder wanted, mm-hmm. they wanted a center. And they want, you know, you know that, that Presty loves length. And, si- and like Gobert's like... Length was just like legendary already. I mean, it was ridiculous. That's all anybody talked about. So it had to be Gobert, right? Either that or the, or the Greek freak. And either, you know, obviously that's right. even more heartbreaking. Yeah. So right. you almost hope it's Gobert <laughs> because, like, if you think, like, oh, we were clo- that close to getting Greek freak, you don't even want to think about that. At least, yeah. Gobert, well, like, well, and then you also think, like, they still had Kevin at the time and didn't think he was going to leave. Right. So drafting um, Giannis. And this draft kind of would have been a little bit redundant, which I know you take best player available in the draft, but at 12 for the Thunder, you could have definitely gone need there as well. So I personally, I think it was Rudy Gobert, but obviously I don't have any way to prove that. Yeah, no, I, I would, I would say that you're probably right. Although Gobert went quite a bit later. Yeah. I mean, and so you got to wonder like, and since they had another pick, you know, they end up taking Andre Robertson later. Um, you wonder, well, maybe they would have targeted Gobert there had they got Greek Freak at 12? Man. <laughs> what a draft. Jeez. I don't even. Well, I'm depressed, guys. I got to get off here. <laughs> I'm going to think about that for a while. Awesome. Well, before we move on to our next pick, we're going to take a quick second to tell you guys about betonline.ag. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can also still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament that you can enter for free. And Coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE 
to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. All right, we are on to pick number six. New Orleans is on the clock, and Justin, you get to make this selection. The New Orleans Hornets here, uh, though I did Google it, and it turns out that this summer was when that name change happened. So I think maybe the names were switched at the draft. I don't know when that timeline works out, but we're going to go with Hornets for now. The New Orleans Hornets, um, you know, originally... This is an aside. This is me looking into the alternate universe. And hey, just to tell you, the the name change <laughs> happened after the draft because the go. league year resets July one. Perfect. See, that's we a knew, really nerdy thing we to doing. know. Well, like the it. fiscal year starts July one. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's true. The New Orleans Hornets uh, originally drafted Nerlens Noel, who they traded to Philly for Drew Holiday. Like you mentioned at the beginning. Worked out pretty well for New Orleans, but we are assuming that trade does not happen. So we want to look at somebody that they actually keep. Um, likely looking at somebody to replace Robin Lopez uh, because we really like what we see from Anthony Davis at the four. I know that he can play the five, but I think keeping him at the four, which is the position that he prefers, makes a lot of sense. I think uh, there's an opportunity to... Uh, draft a center here that can allow us to do that however uh the guys we were looking at are off the board at the moment so i think there there's also a possibility that we you know put davis at the five in until we find a uh, serviceable center that we can pair alongside him Uh, the other area of need that we have is on the wing i think that we've got we've seen some good stuff out of eric gordon um, but his defense isn't blowing anybody away. Uh, we've, we've had our guy, our eye on uh, Anthony Morrow. Uh, but again, we need somebody that I think can not only bring us some offensive firepower, but help shore up our uh, defense on the wing. And with all those options weighed and considered, I think we have our guy. With the sixth pick, in the 2013 NBA draft, the New Orleans Hornets select Robert Covington. Covington makes a big jump uh, in this in in this draft. Uh, it may seem high for Covington, but I look at the people on the board, and I'm not sure that there's somebody else who kind of stands out to me. Um, I, we we kind of talked about it a little bit, but this draft falls off quick and falls off hard. Um, Covington, he's a great player. I think he, he would bring a lot to the Hornets, but he's ultimately kind of a three and D, uh, role player. Uh, and I think, like I said, he, he would bring good things to the Hornets, uh, taking a role player at six, not always what you want to do, but given how the rest of these guys have played out, I think that, uh, I think it's a solid pick. I'm totally with you. Um, you know, you, you probably, I think Robert Covington is a better four in the league today back then that you would have had to play him at three, but I think that works out just fine for, yeah. for the league back then. And it's a, I mean, it's a solid pick. You get some, some defense and some shooting, albeit it'll take him some time to develop. Uh, you get some defense and some shooting next to, to Anthony Davis. Um, you know, still 
and what happened in reality, I think, is a better thing for New Orleans and getting Drew Holiday. Agreed. Uh, but when you have to take that off the board, I think this might be the next best option. Man, I, I've been a Rocco fan uh, for a while. I wanted him on the. He he fits so seamlessly into well this Thunder team and past Thunder teams, really any team, because he's a guy that can play the three or four, even the two if you need him to, and he can shoot and he can play D. He's like the perfect three and D guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, I've I wanted the Thunder to make a trade if they were going to use any assets to get a guy this season. Before the Rockets got him, I really wanted him because, I mean, I thought a lineup with with CP3, Shea, Rocco, Gallo, and Adams would just be incredible, that starting lineup. Yeah, that, absolutely. It's a lot of spacing. Yeah, yeah, and defense. Like, it's, it's yeah. like, oh, golly, man. Tough to nice. score on for sure. Yeah. So, very good. All right, well, moving on to pick number seven, the Sacramento Kings. Brandon Divock gets to make this pick. I'm very happy with my team. <laughs> very nice. All my players are very nice. We we have uh, great success last year. We may we win a uh, double digit wins. Uh, so <laughs> we we got uh, Demarcus Cousins. Uh he's he's a very good player. Uh we got Tyreek Evans. We got <laughs> We got Patrick Patterson. Oh, this guy's a future champion. Uh, I'll tell you that. Uh, and we got uh, Cole Aldrich. Oh, this guy. This guy, Cole Aldrich. We're we are set at center between DeMarcus and Cole. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, I'm going to say we need some help at uh, point guard would be nice. I would like a nice uh, point guard. With the uh, number seven pick in the 2013 NBA Draft, the Sacramento Kings select uh, Dennis Ruder. Very nice. <laughs> you like? <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for that. Uh, I like it. I like that pick a lot for Sacramento. I think Schroeder, I mean, honestly, <laughs> as an aside, what doesn't Sacramento need? Every every week we talk through their needs, but the, the fact of the matter is they're in this lottery every single week that we do this. Uh, every need is their need, other than DeMarcus Cousins, and for whatever reason, they just couldn't help themselves from continuing to draft centers anyway. Um, obviously, Schroeder uh, pans out a little better than Ben McLemore in the long run. I think I think Schroeder and Cousins playing together would be would be a great fit. I agree. My worry, though, is Dennis Schroeder doesn't develop and become Dennis Schroeder we know because he's in Sacramento. Like, I look at Ben McLemore, thought very highly of in the draft, thought very highly of coming out of college, uh, goes to Sacramento and basically sucks. And then now he's in Houston, and he's kind of like reclaiming his image a little bit, becoming a good player. You know, he's, he's nothing great in Houston right now, but it just kind of solidifies that belief even more for me that it's almost an NBA nature versus nurture argument. And, yep. and the nurture is, is really important. And you, you go to Sacramento and you don't get that. Well, and you have to take into account personality too, right? Like, I mean, Schroeder has a little bit of a history as, as a hothead. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, maybe a little bit of the same. How do those guys share a locker room? Did God, it, does DeMarcus that work at all? literally break him in half. 
<laughs> uses his femur as a toothpick. But um, I mean that 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 could be a very real concern. The on court could work. It's the the off the court that that's a good point. It could be volatile. Yeah. So it's uh, in hindsight, if you were getting the Dennis Schroeder that you get right now, you know it makes some sense. Yeah. But I just I worry about anybody going to Sacramento and just not developing like right now i bet if you put marvin bagley in oklahoma city or golden state or boston or san antonio or dallas i bet he's a badass yeah i mean mm-hmm. i mean look how much they we all know what buddy Hield could be and mm-hmm. how good he should be and i mean they've completely i mean he's starting one week he's coming off the bench he's starting one week he's coming i mean it's like what are you what are you doing with buddy i mean like yeah. they've They've taken some good guys. I mean, you know, Fox is obviously a stud, but then you wonder, like, well, how much of a stud could he be if he was in a better spot? Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. It's just, it's incredible how poor that franchise is continually run. Yeah, yeah. well, my apologies to Dennis for for, for selecting him to the <laughs> Kings. Him but to hey, purgatory. That, that's what Vladi Borat wanted, so that's what yeah. Vladi Borat gets. <laughs> All right, well, with the eighth pick in the draft, the Detroit Pistons are on the clock. I'll be making this selection for Detroit. This year, uh, we were all right. We had Brandon Knight at point guard, Rodney Stuckey at shooting guard. Uh, Everyone's favorite, Kyle Singler, was starting ahead of Chris Middleton. Nice. God damn. (laughs) Uh, Jason Maxiel, I don't even know who that is, playing power forward in front of Jonas Jerebko. And Charlie Villanueva. Our center rotation is Greg Monroe and Andre Drummond. Uh, so we are set with big guys. Monroe, Drummond. Uh, we could use some help, especially at guard. Uh, Rodney Stuckey and Brandon Knight. I mean, they performed okay for us, but they're never going to be anything really great. Um, for some reason, we're really high on Kyle Singler. And uh, we, we got this kid in the waiting and Chris Middleton, who who looks like he could be pretty good. But we need help on the wing. The problem is there aren't a lot of great wings out here to select from. You know, it, it's kind of uh, it's kind of picked over, to be honest. But I think we're gonna go with the best wing available, and we have a belief on who that is. With the eighth pick in the 2013 draft, the Detroit Pistons are going to select. Tim Hardaway Jr. Ooh. Ooh, interesting. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. is such a he's such a mystery because he can score. I mean, he can score, yeah. but but it's like how many shots does it take for him to do it though? Like he's yeah. such an he's such an inefficient guy. But I mean, honestly, that's kind of telling to this draft if I mean he might be the best player available at this point. So the fact <laughs> that that Tim Hardaway Jr. is is maybe the eighth best player in a draft is is pretty reflective of the draft. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, I was looking at Otto Porter, although they, they're three and four. They kind of have – Detroit kind of had it set up at that point, especially with Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after that, I mean, you're looking at, like, do you want to take Contavious Caldwell-Pope? Do you want to take Tony Snell? Do you want to take uh, uh, Andre Robertson? At this pick, you know, and yeah, I mean, in a redraft, there is a good chance that Robertson could be a lottery pick. Well, right. hey, buddy, we got five picks to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Six <laughs> picks to go, whatever. It, it, there's a chance it's going to happen. So, yep. 
you know, but but as far as just getting a need there with Greg Monroe and Andre Drummond, you need some spacing. Yep. And Tim Hardaway Jr., although he's probably volume score and he's inefficient, uh, he's at least going to get him up and, and provide some yep. some spacing for you. So it'd, it'd be interesting to see how he would do, like what kind of looks he'd be able to get in Detroit. I think that's that's one of the things he's benefited from in Dallas is he can get a lot of good looks. Um, but on a different note, I think the the storyline from going, you know, with his pedigree and going from from University of Michigan to the Detroit Pistons would be kind of fun. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, that's true. I like that. You know, and I used to be really high on Contavious Caldwell Pope when he was in Detroit. I thought he was a yeah. really good player. Agreed. So. All right, well, pick number nine, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Justin is making the selection. Well, up here in Minnesota, we're Minnesota. holding things, Minnesota. Uh, we're holding things down with uh, Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio. Okay, I'm done. Um, but <laughs> Sounds like Kevin Love, Ricky team. Rubio. Um, you know, a uh, lot of people, a lot of smart people are saying Ricky Rubio is a better point guard than Russell Westbrook, and I'm inclined to believe him. Um, you know, you, you've got J.J. Barea backing him up, Luke Ridenour, Andre Kirilenko. That dude's kind of weird, but he can score. Um, <laughs> Pekovic on the inside. We've got a God, solid I love group. Pekovic. I love Pekovic too. He's a tank. That dude has no <laughs> neck. <laughs> um, we've got a solid group of players. I think what we need the most uh, is somebody who can come on maybe at that three, four spot. Uh, obviously, Kevin Love's going to get a lot of minutes at the four, but somebody that could back him up and someone that could could maybe get a bulk of the three minutes. Uh, Kirilenko's out the door. Behind him, we've got Chase Buttinger, which no offense, uh, but I think we can do better. And, you know, rubbing our crystal ball, we might take a run at Corey Brewer, and I think we could do better than the drunken dribbler as well. So with that said, uh, I think I I know which direction we're going to go. With the ninth pick in the 2013 NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Otto Porter Jr., Kind of similar to my views on Robert Covington with my last pick. I think Porter has a little bit of the same mold. Not exactly the same. That's why I took Covington ahead of Porter. But I think what Otto Porter Jr. could bring to the Timberwolves, kind of filling that 3-4 role, um, I think he he's a solid three-point shooter. He's actually above 40% for his career, which I didn't expect uh, when I was looking up his stats. Um, But... His defense is decent. It's not as good as Covington's is, but I think it, it it's passable. I think he he's not going to be a liability. Um, so again, we're kind of at that point in the draft where the the compliments are a little hard to construe. Uh, but I think Porter Porter's solid. I think he's got uh, a higher ceiling ahead of him. I don't know how high, but I think he he's definitely a solid role player and would contribute to that Timberwolves team. I like it. I think Otto Porter Jr. is good. I think he's injured all the time. Yeah. That no, is true. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, he's he's really a good player. Like, he's he's a guy, you know, he's got a big contract now. But, you know, if it wasn't for that contract and if he was healthy, I think he would be a coveted player for, for some of these contenders as a as a bench scorer. Yeah. Yeah. The And uh, he really the, fits what Chicago needs right now. Just he's not healthy, you know. Right. But The but health is definitely – Definitely a concern, um, but I think when when he's healthy, 
Um, you know, I think he's he's probably the best the best wing left on the board in my opinion. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I I think he's you know he's a good shooter. He he can get a good look. Um, yeah, I I think he's solid. Nice, nice. All right, well, on to pick number ten. The Portland Trailblazers uh, are at pick number ten, and Brandon will be making this selection for them. So I'm excited about this kid we got named Dame Lillard. He was a rookie last year, and this kid is legit. He had a he had a nice rookie season for us. He can score like he can shoot it from anywhere. Like forty footers, that's nothing to him. Put like a put like a defensive player of the year candidate an MVP candidate on him from 40 feet maybe in the playoffs not gonna matter bye I'll bye. tell you bye bye that's right exactly um I we also got LaMarcus Aldridge uh parental all-star he's a he's a blazer for life he's not going anywhere so I don't need to worry about my uh power forward position uh, again, though, not the greatest defender. So my two best players, I also got a uh, Nicholas Bat- Batum. Uh, uh, and let me see who else I got that, that I'm happy with. Wesley Matthews is a stud. He's going to be here forever as well. Um, so I don't got to worry about, you know, that two spot. I wouldn't mind, though, drafting a guy who could be a lockdown defender on the wing that maybe has some versus versatility that could line up two through four to shut down guys maybe even one through four that's what this team needs is a lockdown defender with the number 10 pick in the 2013 nba draft the portland trailblazers select andre robertson dun, dun, dun. speaking of health concerns yeah yeah that's right that's right but but really when you look at that roster i mean they really did have a lot of scores they had guys that could you know between dame and and aldridge and then you know uh matthews of course matthews is a solid defender as well but uh they really could use and still even to this day they could use a defender that's still the same you know this is seven years later and you could say the same thing they got a lot of scores but they need they need a lockdown defensive guy yeah, it's really, especially looking in hindsight, uh, the the pick of McCollum to go with Dame was pretty risky. Uh, you know, those two guys sharing a backcourt, I don't think anybody could have predicted it working out as well as it did. But I think picking a guy like Robertson, who you know is not going to demand touches, he's not going to take the ball out of Dame's hands at all, I, that honestly uh, makes a more logical fit if you take out what we know about how CJ fit. Right. And if you take out, you know, obviously knowing that Robertson's going to have, you know, injury concerns later <laughs> that on, too. but, but, you know, <laughs> it, it really, really sucks guys for Dre. He had hit his peak. I mean, yeah. he was maybe the front runner for defensive player of the year was finally getting league wide respect when he went down and we haven't seen him since, but you know, no injury happens and he continues on that trajectory, and he's a perennial Defensive Player of the Year candidate, and I think if no injuries, he would go about this spot in a in a redraft, which is yep. probably even higher. Honestly, if we were doing this right. and he wasn't injured, he'd probably go higher. I think that's totally fair. Which is crazy. Now the Thunder have t- the two players in the top 10 in our redraft. Yeah. You know, they draft— Three. Well, yeah, right? yeah. Technically, they they drafted two of the top ten, and they have oh, gotcha, three gotcha. of them now. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yep. You're right. But so so that's pretty impressive. It's pretty it good is. stuff. 
Yeah. Yep. Uh, I do like that pick, though. I think that makes a lot of sense for Portland at the time. I I can't remember. Why is Portland in the lottery in this draft? Because that team was a really good team. Yeah. Did, good did they have a, Did they make a trade or something? Because I'm... Yeah, or is this a year, the year that Wes was hurt? Maybe. Maybe or... It might maybe Wes was hurt because Aldridge never was hurt and missed a whole lot of time, right? I don't feel like he did. Um, yeah, I, mean, I can't remember because that but, that was a pretty solid team. I mean, Wes Dame, uh, you, you got I I was always a big fan of Nick Batum. Yeah. So that I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, Batum Batum was a good player. I mean, honestly, he's always been an underrated player. His I contract mean, is really fat, but if it wasn't, I mean, he's a kind of a jack of all trades guy. Um, yeah, this part of the reason I, we don't need to get into the 2020 draft right now, but this is part of the reason why I like Denny Avdia so much is because he yeah. reminds me a lot of Nick Batum in that he's that jack of all trades, big yeah. wing who can shoot, dribble, and pass. Yeah, good call. Yep. So. You just gotta get my weekly uh, Thunder need to draft any of the. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say you never see, uh, forget to seize an opportunity to drop that. Hey, <laughs> get me that Israeli over here right now. I'm ready for it. Man, I you're right ready. though. When when the Thunder were originally selecting twelve and what twenty six, and they end up getting guys who went like yep. five and ten in this redraft. That's that's impressive. That's that's a testament to i mean presti's getting getting guys that go in the top 10 and sacramento is constantly in the top 10 drafting guys that (laughs) should probably go in the 20s or 30s yeah yeah back to justin's original point of talent evaluation is everything man yep it is everything and then then presti ended up getting the number two guy in this redraft and Mm -hmm. the original draft for for serge abaca's expiring contract yeah exactly and by the way DeMontis Sabonis as well. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, then you got value. Dennis Schroeder who went, what, like Seven. just outside of the lo- the lottery. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Just outside of the lottery. You get Dennis Schroeder for the corpse of Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Right. It's nuts. So I mean, that's, it's that's... very, very – Thunder are very savvy, and they are great, yeah. absolutely great at talent evaluation in the draft, which is uh, – I forget the guy's name, but just got hired away from the Thunder today actually to go be assistant GM at – in New York with the Knicks um, is he's one of their, their draft scouts, one of their talent evaluators. Yeah. And so you're, you're losing those types of guys, but I mean, they kind of have a pipeline. They keep bringing those types of guys up through the program. And so I don't doubt that Presti has, has somebody else in the wings ready to, to take on a bigger role, you know? Yep. yep. So, Hey, and also I'm just saying Presti flew over to Israel to watch Denny earlier this season. <laughs> They have yeah. the means to move up in this draft. I'm just telling you guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd love to see it. I'm just telling you. All right. Well, before we go on, um, Denny of D would probably do this to me. But if you need help, you should check out BlueChew.com. Guys, are you looking to last a little longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. They have the first ever chewable that brings performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that Viagra and Cialis use so you know that they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once you're approved, your order ships straight to your house in discreet packaging. And here's a great deal. You can visit bluechew.com to get your first order absolutely free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. 
All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, guys, next up, we're at the last four picks of our redraft. I have the Philadelphia 76ers next. The 76ers roster this year, we had Drew Holiday, Evan Turner, Thad Young, Lavoy Allen, and Spencer Hawes. Not an awful starting lineup. Um, you know, Evan Turner can't really say so. There's not a lot of shooting in this lineup. Our backup point guard was Royale Ivy. Uh, our backup shooting guards, we had like Nick Young. We had Jason Richardson. Kwame Brown was was on our team as a backup center. So we can really use some depth here. We can use depth and we could really use a big because right now Spencer Hawes and Kwame Brown probably aren't really doing a whole lot for us. Looking at this draft, it feels a little picked over at this point, uh, but I think I know who we're going to go with. With the 11th pick in the 2013 draft, the Philadelphia 76ers will select Nerlens Noel. Ooh, I like it. We're just going to hope that he has some better mentorship this time around and doesn't do a whole bunch of crazy, (laughs) stupid shit, and we'll be good. I like how that worked out, though. Sands the trade. Noel still goes to Philly. Yep. Just uh, a handful of picks later. What, five picks later? Yep. So I was really debating here, did I want to take Nerlens or did I want to take somebody who was a lot more fundamentally sound and less flashy Mm -hmm. in Cody Zeller? Because I do think Cody Zeller is a good player as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just think Nerlens has more upside. We're starting to see that in Oklahoma City now. I think he's basically earned himself a chance to be a starting center in this league. Yep. And if Philly can really start tapping into that early, they have a long-time starting center, especially as the league starts to change to a smaller, quicker type of league rather than big, powerful centers. Yep. I think it goes back to that nature versus nurture thing that you talked about earlier of, you know, if he stays in Philly, does he still take the jump or did it take the change of scenery to, oh, to bring that out of him? Definitely. But I think part of the, the, the downfall of the process in Philly was the lack of vets and the lack of leadership yeah. they had. I mean, didn't For Nerlens sure. get in a fight or was that Jalil Okafor? Um, I can't remember. One of the like 50 centers they drafted. <laughs> right, but, you know, if, he, if he has better mentorship um, and, and a better chance of, of being brought under the wing of somebody and shown how to be an NBA player, I think he could have developed all right. Yeah. Maybe he's eating Philly cheesesteaks on the bench. There you go. He and Dion, man. <laughs> that Philly cheese. <laughs> All right, well, the moment we've all been waiting for, Justin no, gets no. the honors of making pick number 12 for the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's too much pressure. It's too close to my heart. Um, if you take so, Anthony Bennett, so help me God. Oh, dang it. Did you see my notes? Um, so the, the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, you guys are probably all listening to this are fairly familiar with where the thunder stood. But in case you're not, uh, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, Kendrick Perkins, uh, Tabo Cephalosha, Nick Collison, a lot of familiar names there. Reggie Jackson backing up Russ. Uh, This was a a big draft. Like Brandon mentioned earlier, there was a lot of pressure, I think, on the thunder to make a, a good pick. This was the year after the Harden trade. That's why 
Oklahoma City's in the lottery. Uh, you know, they finished the year before with the second best record in the league. They had no business being in the lottery, but because of that trade, they found themselves uh, with the 12th pick. And like we've said, uh, options are a little limited at this point. What does Oklahoma City really need? I think a backup center that's better than Hashim to beat is probably a good place to look. Uh, I think a backup small forward that's better than DeAndre Liggins is also a, a probably probably a good place to Hopefully look. Hopefully he doesn't have an obsession with Xboxes either. <laughs> um, and then I also think that the Thunder, you know, they they've moved on from Kevin Martin, who they uh, used to kind of fill the void of James Harden. They're going to experiment a little, a little bit with Jeremy Lamb. Um, but mostly they're, they're just kind of resigned to using Tabo as a, a defensive stopper at that two spot. I think that the addition of somebody who can hit three pointers really helps this team space the floor. I think with the direction the league's heading, you can shift Ibaka to the center and leave Perkins off the floor, go smaller. Uh, I, I hear some rumors that the league might be heading that direction as a whole in a few years. Um, so you can space things out and bring in a guy on the wing who can score, but also is uh, defensive minded enough to satisfy Sam Presti. And I think there's somebody that we're willing to take a shot on. With the 12th pick in the 2013 NBA draft, the Oklahoma city thunder select Contavious Caldwell Pope. Um, ah, great pick. <laughs> What's interesting about KCP is, is looking back, you know, his, his time in Detroit was not great outside of a, a few um, high scoring games, which I think at least one of them came against the thunder. If I remember correctly, of course they did. Yeah. Um, but it, it wasn't really until he got traded that things started looking up. So again, it goes back to if he's drafted by Oklahoma city, do we get to see that side of him sooner? We know he can score. Uh, he's, he's a good shooter. He can put the ball in the basket. I think he helps open things up for the thunder a little bit, but his defense has really been uh, a strong development for him. So if Oklahoma city can bring that out sooner, given the the defensive first mindset that the thunder seem to really instill in guys, I think he, he could look like a totally different player. And you know, those first few years while Oklahoma city still has Kevin Durant could look a lot different. Whew. I like it. I thought you were going to go Ben McLemore here. I, I got. I got to be honest. I'm. I'm upset because he was the last. You guys took Noel and KCP back to back. Those were the last two guys that I was like, okay, I feel comfortable. You know, picking with with my number thirteen pick. Now there is nobody left. I feel comfortable with. Oh, yeah. Well. I think- uh, it's yeah it's this is a i'm sorry draft. we invited you to the 2013 redraft brandon <laughs> we should have invited no. you to any other year no i gotta be honest this is a fun year though because this is like yeah. half of these players have been thunder players or are currently thunder True. players so so it's from from that standpoint but man i i feel bad actually i'm picking for the mass so screw them i'm fine with giving <laughs> them a bad player anyways <laughs> all right well let's go for it pick number 13 the dallas mavericks on the clock okay so the Dallas Mavs, I guess I, I got my uh, best Mark Cuban going on. I don't know how to imitate Mark Cuban besides just talking about how I have a lot of money all the time. So uh, with all my riches, which player shall I buy? Uh, 
You know, I got uh, Vince Carter. At this point, he's only like 43 years old, um, so he's still fairly young. I, I've got Derek Fisher on my team. He's only like 52. So I've got a, I got a lot of youth on my squad. You've Sean got a Mer- team that's like the high-risk area for coronavirus is what you got. Dude, seriously, Dirk was in his 14th year at the time. Uh, Sean Marion was in his 13th year. Good uh, gosh. Derek Fisher was in his 16th. Eddie Curry, 11th. Vince Carter is 14th. Elton Brand is 13th. So basically what I want to choose, guys, is whoever is the youngest player. <laughs> All the rest of these guys suck anyways. So <laughs> uh, that's harsh. They don't suck. They're, they're, they're talent challenged. Um, so... I, I feel like looking at my roster and looking at who's left, um, it's a complete crapshoot, but I'm Mark Cuban, and uh, all I do is win, win, win. So I'm, re- I'm ready to make my pick. <laughs> With the uh, 13th pick in the 2013 NBA draft, the Dallas Mavericks select Cody Zeller. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't feel just right. Feels it feels gross that I'm making Cody <laughs> Zeller a lottery pick. Uh, yeah. Hey, at least you didn't take him at four. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's that's a great point. Man, that, that, this is some slim pickings, man. Yeah. But I, I still think Cody Zeller is a good player. Yeah, he's you know? fine. Yeah, like, he's Cody fine. Zeller at 13, is, is you can stomach that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, I mean, Zeller next to Dirk would be at least interesting, I guess I'd say. I mean, you know, I don't I don't know what to say. I'm not, <laughs> just really trying to I talk try, yourself I, into yeah, it. Yeah, I try to talk myself into it. I'm like, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, not not yeah. going to sell a lot of Co- Cody Zeller jerseys, yes, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. No, seriously, it's 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 like the poor man's version of of the twin towers with with Duncan and Robinson. I'm gonna have Zeller and Dirk. That's <laughs> yeah. like the Walmart brand. It's yeah, it's the, the equate version. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, with the 14th overall pick, the Utah Jazz are on the clock. Uh, j- the same story with the Jazz for the past decade. They just need a point guard. Uh, Mo Williams and Jamal Tinsley are their point guards. They had Earl Watson on the team as well. Uh, Randy Ford, Gordon Hayward was on this team along with Marvin Williams, Damari Carroll, Paul Millsap, Derek Favors, Ennis Cantor. So a lot of names. Uh, we could probably use help. Well, we, we think we should slide Gordon Hayward over to the three starting next year. So with that being said, we could probably use help at the one or the two. I mean, Randy Foy and Mo Williams really just aren't going to cut it anymore. Looking at who's left on the board, I think we only have one option we really feel comfortable with going, so we're ready to make our pick. With the 14th and last pick in the lottery of the 2013 draft, the Utah Jazz will select Ben McLemore. Interesting. Hmm. Man, you just you just picked a guy in the lottery who like got picked up from free agency like scraps. Yeah, no crap, uh, right? I, I mean, about, but but it's not. I mean, it's not a bad pick. Yeah. It just again reflects the draft. Yeah, right? the, I was thinking Tony Snell maybe here as well. Yeah, um, but I could see Snell but decided to go Mclemore instead. Maybe a little Snell's more of a three and D guy, where Mclemore could handle the ball a little bit better, and yeah. so maybe Mclemore could slide into that point guard position or that shooting guard position. Um, 
where Tony Snell, I feel like, would have been like strictly a three back then. So mm-hmm. it's, but again, it's like we've been saying, it's it's hard to make these picks. So, well, gentlemen, before we get off of here, we've gone through our one through fourteen. We've all got our draft board in front of us now. Looking back at it, which pick do you guys think is the most interesting or is your favorite from our redraft tonight? Uh, that's a good question. I think, uh, man. I'm a big fan of C.J. McCollum to Charlotte, personally. Hey, yeah. thank you. Thank you. I think Charlotte, that's a, GM, Charlotte GM appreciates that. <laughs> I think that was a fun one. I, I, again, I think oh, he would have coexisted with Kemba just like he did with, with Dame, yep. and it really changes Charlotte's outlook. So that's probably my favorite. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, uh, I would say not choosing, you know, one of my own like you guys did. You know, I'm, I'm in love with all my picks, especially Cody, <laughs> Cody Zeller, especially. Uh but I like the I like uh, man. There there are some fun picks. Probably Rocco at number six, just because I've always liked him so much, and because we didn't have him on the uh, draft board, and so it was a total <laughs> surprise for him. I was like, oh yeah, Robert Covington was. In I totally draft. forgot. Was he? What pick was he? Or was he an undrafted free agent? He was undrafted. Jesus, yeah. man. That's imagine getting that's Robert Covington in undrafted free agency. Meanwhile, someone took Alex Len in the top five yeah. <laughs> or, or Anthony, Anthony Bennett, Bennett at number one. Right. Holy yeah. shit. Sheesh, dude. We could, we could pick the first two rounds. We could honestly go through two rounds and Anthony Bennett still would not get picked. Yeah. <laughs> right. 100%. What an awful. Can you imagine like pissing away a number one pick like that? And you know what kills yeah. me, guys? What kills me is it didn't matter because LeBron comes back and they win a title anyway. So, right. like, and I mean, it you know, it's, it's it's frustrating. You know, Presti has just killed it time and time again, whether it be drafts or trades, getting great value, roster management, all those things. And then sometimes all that matters is LeBron wants to come to your city or you're the Lakers. And so, you know, right. I mean, yep. sometimes there's a there's an unfair playing field. But that said, the Thunder sustained longer success than anybody throughout that last day, decade besides the Spurs. So we don't have too much to complain about, I guess. Totally agree. No, totally agree. All right, guys, any parting thoughts on our redraft picks before we get out of here? Kind of surprised Seth Curry didn't sneak into the lottery. I thought maybe he had a chance of of getting in there somewhere, uh, given given his three point shooting acumen. But the, the Dallas Mavs would like to make a trade, Cody Zeller for Seth Curry, <laughs> <laughs> a draft night trade. Uh, forgot he was on the draft board. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Well, we had five guys that originally went in the lottery yeah. that we did not take tonight. It's wow. almost it's a little over a third of the lottery that we didn't take. Uh, Anthony Bennett, Alex Len, Trey Burke, Michael Carter Williams, Kelly Olenek, and Shabazz Napier. Man, oh yeah, and Shabazz Napier, that was a LeBron pick. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, and then you got uh Michael Carter Williams who who went in the draft and then also was rookie of the year. Yep. And now in a redraft this many years later, he's not even taken. Crazy. It's crazy. Yep. It's it's wild. Again, this draft is a rough one. So awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. We have to give a huge, huge shout out to Brandon for coming on with us tonight. He is kind enough to be a reoccurring guest on this podcast. So, Brandon, thank you so much. And will you tell everybody where they can find your work and your Twitter handle at? 
Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Uh, love being on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, DailyThunder.com. Uh, my Twitter handle is just at Brandon Rabar, and it's R-A-H-B-A-R. We're doing some fun new things on Twitter with uh, videos where we're debating each day. Uh, Olivia Punchall and myself are debating a new Thunder topic every day, so check that out. Also, I run a podcast called The Daily Thunder Podcast, and uh, some future guests. We, we just recorded today. Royce Young is going to be on the show next week. Uh, ben Goliver and Mark Medina are coming up as well. Very nice. Awesome. So make sure you guys go check out DailyThunder.com. Follow Brandon on Twitter. He does great, great stuff and a huge fan of his. And thank you so much again for coming on. If you guys are listening to our podcast for the first time, thank you so much. We appreciate you and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to click that subscribe button so you can get our episodes directly to your device every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. If you're a longtime listener, hey, shout out. We appreciate you guys. We're trying to churn out content for you during the hiatus, although it looks like basketball may be on the horizon. If you guys would be so kind as to drop a five-star rating, we would appreciate the hell out of it. It would just mean a lot to us and all this work we're doing to try to come up with topics right now. Next week, same time, same place, we will be doing the 2012 NBA Lottery Redraft. This is the Anthony Davis Draft, the Jeremy Lamb Draft, the GOAT Dion Waiters Draft. Nice. So be ready. If we don't take Dion number one, I'm quitting the podcast just so everyone's aware. (laughs) We've got that on record now. You guys have a great rest of your week. We will be back with you on Friday. And until then, thunder up.